podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 104 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast, brought to you in association with Sport Social, the UK's only dedicated sports podcast network, and also our retail partner, Fanatics. It's it's great to be back where we were uh, we recorded early on in the week with uh, did a B side with with Street Towns end on, on racism in football, which is a, a really, really important subject to discuss. Um, Pete's also back uh, after his, his stag do exploits. Pete, how are you feeling? Uh, lately, as reported back, there's been some heavy injuries from that uh, that weekend I've heard. Yeah, I've got a grade one uh, hamstring tear, which is football related. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my wounds other than that, yeah. <clears throat> Very much like uh, like Luca D with his grade one. His grade one hamstring tear, it seems. It's uh, it's going around. Without, without, without the ability. Well, he, he did. He did say that he did win. He did win. Uh, you know the drill on the stag do. So he, he can't have been too bad. To be fair, he still got it, Pete. There in patches, he still got it. His 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 mind's able, but maybe not his body so much these days. <laughs> <laughs> it comes. It comes with all, doesn't it? It comes with all old age. Uh, but great to have you back, Pete. Great to have you back on the show. Like I said, we we, we had Troy Troy Townsend on um, a few days ago doing doing the B side and. It was great to speak to him, wasn't it? Late to have a, have a chat with Troy about about the work he does with Kick It Out and and the experiences that he's he's been through himself. I did put out a clip on on Twitter um, a few days ago, uh, which where Troy talks about coaching at grassroots level and and an incident in particular where his his own side were racially abused by opposition parents. And to listen to that and to listen to to what what he he's gone through and and the motivation he has, obviously to to try and fight racism, it was. It was awe-inspiring, really, wasn't it? Yeah, very much so, mate. I mean, first and foremost, what a genuinely great guy. Just a really, really open, honest, humble chap, wasn't he? Um, and really nice of him to give up his time. We had a good chat for him for about over an hour and a half in the end. And um, yeah, some of the stories he shared were um, were just quite poignant as well. Uh, really, sort of. Um, very honest, wasn't it? I, I thought, and and he's clearly passionate. And like I said to you, and I said to him on after we finish recording, you know, a lot of the stuff he does there around racism, helping players, a lot of it's unseen work as well. You know, it's stuff where players have been racially abused. He speaks to them. Um, and like I was saying to you, Pete, before, you know, it's just sometimes a phone call is, you know, just to talk to people afterwards after an event like that and, and just ask them how they are, how's their family. Um, and just be that person there to talk to, you know, like I said, a lot of the stuff he does goes unseen and he, you need, you know, he needs to be heavily commended really for what he does. Uh, uh, in football for me. No, of course, of course. And, and you know, we'd urge anyone to, to listen to, to the show uh, because I think that, I think I said to Troy, I said sometimes we're guilty maybe just being in our own our own bubble. Um, and when you, you're not at the, at the forefront of, of this fight, you know, sometimes you, 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 don't, you don't really think about it. Um, but, but racism, unfortunately, is, is, is around a lot. These days, whether it be in society, whether it be you know involving football players at all levels, and I think we've all got a responsibility to 
to, to take a stand and, and obviously if, if, if we do see it, report it um, and, and make sure that those those people who are, who are committing these these particular acts are, are punished accordingly. Um, so if, if obviously, you know, like I said, it's available on all, all our usual platforms. So have a listen. Um, you, you'll, you'll certainly get, get a lot from it. But what, what we were lucky, Lee mentioned there, we spoke to Troy for about an hour and a half. Um, all in all, and we, we asked him whether he would he'd be happy to speak about Andros and, and his move, obviously, to, to the club in the summer. He started particularly well. We all know that as Evertonians, how well he's done. You know, five goals, three assists, um, and he's he's been one of our one of our star performers in the in the early part of the of the season. And and Surrey was more than happy to have a chat about the move, relationships that Surrey struck up with with other players. Um, Surrey's experience is also good at some park since since Andros moved, which is uh, which is great to to hear as well. So the first part of the show is going to be that interview. So sit back, relax, and, and have a listen to this. Well, obviously, Andros Andros signed in the summer, uh, free transfer. We were we were made aware that he was doing a bit of a bit of media work, wasn't he, for the for the Euros, and then he was he was on Talksport, and there's a little bit yeah. of you know. I've been speaking to someone, and it was, and, and I think people started to guess just before he was announced that it was it was everything that he was on about with with the uh, the manager coming in. Um, but what a what a start! What a start he's had for, for the club. He's he's our, our top goal scorer as we speak today. Um, I mean that that goal against against Bay, and he was absolutely out of this out of this world. You, you must you must sit there, Troy, and and, and think he's. He certainly made the right decision signing for a football club with the start that he's made. It's hard as a parent. It's not easy to describe the emotions, to be totally honest. But listen, we when I never had any doubts um, that he would impress on the Everton fans and what he was as a player, his contribution and how he would help the team, you know, get to where it's where its goals were. I'll be honest with you, I'm not sure I expected him to be as blazing as what he he has been. You you know, you kind of think, yeah, he'll contribute, he'll add some assists. You know, he'll be a little bit more freer in his play, you know, at Crystal Palace. You know, the fans will tell you that he was almost playing as a right back there, you know, as a right winger that was covering various different areas and and you know, suffered a couple of little niggle injuries that, you know, performance wasn't great, but definitely the latter part of last season, he was coming into his own again. And so kind of left, or not left, we weren't sure what was going on, but, you know, people saw, yeah, Andros is back. Do you know what I mean? A couple of assists and, um, you know, just, just playing very well, you know. And then the uncertainty of the summer. The uncertainty of the summer is one you just, you, you don't know until you're in it. You just don't know. You know, we've never had him. He's never been out of contract before, you know, so this is a new experience. And by the way, he's just turning 30. So all of a sudden now there's doubts from various others because all his age and everything. Um, there were conversations with other clubs, um, but a minute rapper was announced as Everton manager, I must admit, I started to sit up a little bit and nudge him and say, is, it, is that it? Is it, is it happening now then? Um, his his start has just been, honestly, if you wanted to map out a start and say, well, I hope he does X, I hope he does Y, I hope he does says Z, and I hope the fans enjoy him, I don't think we could have written it in any other way. And I think Andrews will, 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 will kind of lean to that as well. 
what you get from him is is a, a committed professional player who's been through the mill. He understands the league. He understands the demands of the manager as well, because the manager is very demanding. And he spent some time with him at Newcastle. Um, and I think all he's done, I'll be honest with you, take the five years at Palace out of the way, and that's not being disrespectful at all, but he, they both seemingly just fitted back that glove again to how they left Newcastle. Um, you know, he scored three goals under him. I think he scored four goals in 13, and a three in nine, eight for Rafa. I'll have to get the stat there. But So his start now is just a continuation. 18 games, five, um, eight goals, um, with some assists thrown in as well. Um, it's been perfect. It's been an absolutely perfect start. And the kind of start that, you know, again, as a parent, makes you so proud. Um, I was at Huddersfield, uh, QPR. Performances sometimes when, you know, professional players that play regularly and kind of switch off a little bit, maybe just because mm-hmm. it's a championship side. And, and you know, I think in those two games, people really learned that he's not here for a ride. He's here to contribute. He's here to... To, to to enable people to to understand fans to understand that he wants he wears the shirt with pride, and hearing the song, Andrus Townsend so quickly into his tenure, I always like get my phone out really quickly because they're they're momentous moments. Do you know what I mean? They're moments where you just think to yourself, they've taken to him really quickly. Um, and yeah, it's been listen, it's been a pleasure for him. It's been a pleasure for us to be amongst. Evertonians to understand this football club you know I'd have, the Burnley goal you speak about so I'm rabbiting on a little bit just because there's so much to pack in on this but the Burnley goal you speak about I, I he always seems to score at the end that we're at as well which is always nice because I can see the goal in all its glory and we're kind of aligned to the 18 yard box where we were we were sitting and you know again we've seen him do that or used to do that on a regular occurrence. So to bring it out of the bag so early in his career at Everton, it's amazing. But I was sitting next to this guy who, like, we, we kind of exchanged some, some pleasantries earlier on, you know, so I was like, how are you doing there? And he sit down and I am invested in the game. So I'm not interested. I, like People talking behind me, in front of me, left and right. I don't really want to have a conversation because I'm invested in the game. And at the end of it, obviously, I think he saw me and my daughter, it was. um, I think he saw me celebrate a little bit more than what everyone else was celebrating. Do you know what I mean? So everyone was celebrating. Everyone's going mad. But I think he saw that there was a personal thing in here. And he kind of said to me, oh, it's a great goal, wasn't it? I said, yeah, it was a great goal. Great goal. Unbelievable goal. And then we we didn't talk again. and, and And at the end of the game, he went, I've come over from Ireland today. Um, I lost my mum. And, you know, because I, I lost my mum and she would have loved it today. I've lost my mum recently and she would have loved it today. And, do you know, you, sometimes you connect with people and you don't even know why you connect. And the fact that he just shared that moment with me, he shook my hand, all the best, hopefully see you again soon. I wanted to take a picture of my daughter to show his daughter. So he then got me to be a cameraman to take a picture of him and my daughter. Um, because like, because first of all, he said, you're Andres' dad. And I always kind of a little bit weary, like, 
I, I kind of never admit to it straight away until it becomes the blatantly obvious, just because I do like my space when I'm watching the games. But yeah. there was just something that there was a little connect there, you know, and, and he wanted to take a picture of my daughter. He thought it was his wife, but no, no, it's not. It's my daughter. Um, he wanted to take a picture of my daughter and she was going, what's he want to take a picture of me for? And I told her the story and, and like, you know, it's just a nice touch. You know, we've got no connect apart from sitting two, two seats away from each other and obviously there to support Everton. He, he told me, you know, what had happened to his mum and the fact that he's come over and she would normally be with him. Um, and it was just a nice touch. And it kind of says everything about the, the beginning of the season that kind of we've had integrating with fans as well you know it's been it honestly it's been it's been lovely it has been been lovely and the fact that he's doing what he's doing on the football field makes it extra special i love that story i love that, that that's football isn't it that 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 in a nutshell right there is fussy isn't it really that that we love really you know we the, the, that person you've never met in your life yet you've shared something there and you'll remember that goal even when he retires way down the track. But you'll also Absolutely. remember that you remember that moment as well, won't you? Do you know what I mean? To go Absolutely. to go to go along with it. But um, yeah. you know, Andros. I mean, Mike and I have been big fans actually. I mean, I, I liked him as a as a youngster. He's, he's always been for me technically good player off both feet as well. Uh, and that goal against Burnley wasn't a surprise for me. I've, you know, we've seen him score a few goals like that. Um, particularly in his younger days as well. He's got that technique where he you know he, he hits it with such dip if he catches it right. Yeah. Um, and then that, that was that was a lovely goal. But he's also, I think he's endeared himself to fans on the pitch, definitely, because obviously we know his work rate is exceptional. He's a professional. He's obviously, you know, a very fit lad. He clearly obviously works together with Rafa. But I'd like to say he's really impressed me off the pitch when he speaks. You know, mm. obviously he had his interview the other day after the game, things like that. But he comes across, he's a credit to yourself, to be honest. He comes across really yeah. well, like a, re- like a really humble guy that you know speaks very well as well and i think us as fans you know we take to that part of it as well as the football yeah. side of things you know what i mean he's really endeared himself to us with, with how he's come across as an individual um you know, go on. you know lee there's no airs and graces about him to be totally honest yes he's in a privileged position as, as we've kind of mentioned but he's a yeah. professional footballer that understands his status um and more and more particularly recently because obviously he's looked into the media side of it wants to make sure that he's, 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 he's kind of messaging or, or whatever he's talking about like, is on point. And, and it's not even manufactured, by the way. It's just it, 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 he is what he is. He says it how he says it. And, and I've seen him grow in his interviews and grow in, you know, when he says this historic football club, he means it. When he says, you know, the fans and, and, and being a massive football club again, you can see the smile on his face as well, the energy that he's saying it with. So for me, you know, I'm proud because I'm thinking to myself, again, this is not disrespectful to Crystal Palace at all, but they're a certain level of a football club, aren't they? You know, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think Daniel Levy said to him, you know, it would be very hard to get back to the top. And as far as he's concerned, he's joined the club with all the expectations of being at the top and a manager who can do that as well. And he just wants to play his part. So he's excited every single minute. And I think, again, you know, you show excitement in different ways. They come out differently in interviews, but you can tell that he will run through the ground. You know, Andros is a, uh, you said daily, you know, watched him from young, but he was a winger that didn't believe that tracking back was part of his football DNA. You know, mm. just give me it going forward and I'll show you, you know. And, but what 
the the learning that Crystal Palace has done for him, to be honest, has shown him the other side of the game because you are battling. You're, you're always under pressure. You always, if you get three points in a game, they'll go, oh, we've done incredibly well there when the three points should have been standard. Now here, there's a different expectation because of the enormity of the football club. And he's taken that in his stride. And I, again, I, I can't tell you enough how, you know, the exciting start it has been and watching him play in the blue and, and absolutely appreciating everything that the blue shirt brings. And I'm pleased that the fans have taken to that because we cannot ignore that there was an element who were thinking, who? Do you know what I mean? On a free. Um, but seeing, and, and, I, and I kind of do this sometimes. I look at fans as the fans that go through the gate who are regular and now the social media fans as well. And, yeah. you know, the reception that he received in first game on and coming off the pitch at Southampton against Southampton kind of said to me, they'll take to him. They'll take to him. They'll be all right. You know, so, yeah, it's been it's been a been a whirlwind start. I think, I mean, we, we can all testify, you know, as a football club, we spent a lot of money over the last, say, four years or so since since uh, Farhad Mishiri's come in. Obviously, the, the summer, we're, we're hamstrung financially because of mistakes that we've made in the past. Let, let's, let's get that right. We bring in, obviously, Andros, the my great for buttons in terms of modern-day football prices. And it just goes to show it's not how much money you spend, it's how you spend the money you've got. And you, it, it, you know, and and I mean, Anzos has been terrific. The Maya Gray's been terrific, and the, the, you know, Anzos now for me is is one of the first names that the manager will pick week in week out. It's, it's fitness is incredible because the fact that he's, he's played all the cup games, he, he's doing ninety minutes on a at a weekend as well. His fitness and perfectionism is the one thing that really, really stands out for me, and I think. You know, it's it's absolutely incredible the start he's made. Like you said, they couldn't have gone any better for him, of course. You know, his his output, his figures are, are exceptional. Um, but he's he fits into the manager's system, the manager trusts him. I just it just fits absolutely perfectly. And I'm I'm delighted with obviously the fact that we we've started the season well, but a lot of that, a lot of that is down to the fact that the players the manager has brought in, including including Andros has, has really worked well. And the way like Lee mentioned, the way he speaks after the United game, obviously one all. We were all happy with that. You know, it was a good good draw to get against a really strong United side. Um, could have won it. Obviously yeah. the uh, chance, you know, Tom Davis put it across for for Yeah and he was slightly offside and Andros was the first one to say, Yeah, we're happy, but dressing room at the moment, we're a little bit mm-hmm. Go to put it in Yeah, exactly right, and that's the attitude that, that we want. We want to hear players say that we don't want it. But for too long, we, we've we've gone to to certain grounds, and and we've been happy to come away with a point and been delighted. Well, we should be thinking, could we have won the game? Should we have won the game? And that's exactly what he what he was saying. And and yeah, he's he's been he's been brilliant, and and he always always wants more, which is is a yeah. great. Do you know what was good? Do you know what was good was obviously it's the second time we've been to Old Trafford in a short space of time, isn't it? So, mm. you know, I, I know there was doom and gloom after the, the pre-season game, but actually the pre-season game was perfect for Saturday's game, you know, in getting a team prepared, understanding the euphoria of Man United fans. And then there's the added addition of Ronaldo, obviously. And I, I, do you know when you go to a ground and you're not really fearing what might happen? 
And yeah, all right, there were dodgy moments. There were moments earlier on where I thought, oh, are they going to dominate all of this? But there's too many good players on the field of play to let them dominate it all. And, you know, after 45 minutes, all right, we're one nil down, but you're thinking to yourself, but we've actually created the better chances and we look good in possession. Yeah. Um, and so the, there wasn't that fear going into the game as maybe many would think after being beaten 4-0, you know, a week before the start of the season. But there's a good group there and there's a group that wants to work for each other. That, listen, that I think the group will rattle each other at times and absolutely that is needed, you know, and, and it doesn't matter who it is. But particularly when you think of the injuries and, and whatever, uh, to be disappointed at not winning at Old Trafford is a very, very good sign. Very good sign. I wanted to mention that to you, actually. Since he's obviously come into the changing room, I imagine he's a guy that would be well-liked anyway, just how he comes across. I can tell that with certain people. But um, is, is, he, is anyone that he said to you that's really impressed him? He thought, oh, he was better than I thought he was, or, or, or any flyers? he said anything to you? No, not really. You know, that that's, that's the kind of thing when you just realise that he knows he's in a good environment. Mm. And, you know, you know what it's like when you're playing with players or training with players on a regular, regular basis. Do you then become in tune to what they are? Obviously, he's spoken about Damari. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah. the guy. I don't understand why Damari has not kind of been a regular in, in Leicester City teams. I don't know how Evan got him and, you know, knocking on the door at England. But just, uh, you know... Him and Seamus have, have, have got to, you know, develop a good relationship as well. And it's, and it's just knowing that you, you're around good, honest, professional footballers who all contribute in a different way to others, you know. And uh, I just think that he's, he's just loving the experience, not judging anybody on ability, but judging all of them on, on the fact that they are now a really good collective group. And I think we've seen that in, in the short period of time. As a senior player, you always kind of help the younger players through things as well. So... You know, young Gordon, who was tremendous on Saturday, you know, helping him through Tom Davis. They he struck up relationships with those, you know, because uh, he was young once, as he said, if you hear enough of his interviews and realise that maybe he didn't have that one to drag him by the back of the neck and say, sort yourself out, son. And I'm not saying that he does that, but he's helping the lads through that process. And I'm not saying this is all down to Andrews at all, but, uh, you know, I was a little bit wide for, for Anthony going into Saturday's game. It's a big game. We're not going in. We didn't know he was playing, but he's in. Um, but boy, did he take to it. Boy, did he take to it. And I think that's a mark of the whole environment, by the way, is that a young player starts and, and is not in fear of the environment they're in. There's no bigger place to start at than Old Trafford, is there? And and I thought he was amazing. That's a contributing factor to everyone around, around him that keeps him level-headed, but also lets him express himself in the way that he did. I think that's a real... You've, you've said this, Mike. I, I've noticed very much more of a team this season, early doors under Rafa. Obviously, as fans, we were all a bit concerned, obviously, because of Rafa's history. You know, yeah. if he'd have had a bad start, could it, you know, could it, you know, fans started to yeah. turn him? That's how, that's how fickle football is at the minute. But fortunately, we've had a good start. And not only have we had a good start, there very much feels like there's a team there, like you say, of good lads. There doesn't seem too many egos. Um, we have talked about on a previous pod, actually. I bumped into Seamus. Uh, myself personally, uh, a few months back, and well, a number one, he comes across as a great guy, and by all accounts, yeah. he's a very good captain. Uh, he's well, well looked up to by a lot of players at the club. Um, but also at the time, we had, we had um, the likes of Hamas Rodriguez playing, and Seamus was saying, in terms of ability, this kid, he's never seen anything like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Out, out, outrageous. 
but I think we need to probably, as a club, and we are doing, sort of move away from that sort of as good as Hammers was. He's at the you know that end of his career. He's probably, let's be honest, more of a celebrity than a footballer, sadly nowadays. But we'd much rather have a team of Andros Townsends who, you know, who, by the way, equally, you know, very gifted footballers in, in their own right. But just with that attitude as well, because that attitude is so important, isn't it, in terms of modern day football? You have a few prima donnas in the squad, and it can fall apart very quickly, can't you? Well, it, it, it is, is that understanding. I think that the best thing that happened for Andros is to come in when he did, but also to go away with the squad immediately because that's yeah. where your bonds are made. That's where you, you, you get to know people more than just you're going into training, you're coming back, you're going in, you're coming back, and everyone takes a little while to get used to you. You take a little while to get used to them. But flying out to Florida immediately was probably the best thing in terms of that integration. Obviously, I don't know the previous part of Everton from last season, um, but do know that that people said this was a kind start to the season. I agree with you, Lee, about the if Rafa had not started well. And people say this is a kind start, but we've been away to Leeds. We've been the only team to win at Brighton um, and now just taken a pointer for Man United. And that's just the away games. So don't sniff at those games because they're important fixtures. You know, we stopped Brighton from scoring at their ground. At one stage, we're the only team to take points off them, you know, up until Saturday, just gone. So, and by the way, that was a thoroughly, thoroughly good performance, professional performance of dominating a fixture away from home. And again, we're disappointed that we didn't win at way at Man United. I'm disappointed that we probably didn't nick it against Leeds as well, to be totally honest. So all of a sudden, there's an expectation. And and listen, we'll, we'll talk about the, the, the one, you know, the Villa game. We, we we got taken apart in a short period of time, didn't we? That game was nick and tuck until then. And by the way, before they scored, Damari nearly put us ahead, which would have put a whole different complex on it. Sometimes you have to take those. Yeah. But the reaction to that defeat, for me, has been, has been the best thing. And I think you can't have a reaction to that defeat unless you've got good people, uh, you know, that are not, you know, accusing people of different things. You've got good people that said, you know what? That's all our fault. We need to do better next time. And the results from after that have shown that they're prepared to do better um, and work as a unit and work as a team. And, uh, listen, QPR away, 2-2, two, two penalties. I, I love a cup, cup run as, as good as anybody else and probably wish that we're still in that because that might be the one to, to nick a win. Do you like how we're saying we we as well? I'm already yeah, ingrained that. into the culture. <laughs> love, love, loving um, that. <laughs> but that, that's the way that is, you know, and... I, Whilst it would have been great to see Hammers, I think what you said there about a celebrity footballer and maybe the concentration is elsewhere may have seen him not play as many matches as what the club would have required him to for this season anyway, you know, niggly injuries, etc. But uh, the, 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 the trust of the squad is, is evident to see. Um, listen, there'll be bigger challenges, as we all know, and as long as we don't get too down about those bigger challenges and realise that there's a building process here, a rebuilding process here, then um, and that we're going to be competitive in that process, then I think we'll be all right for this season. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, but all all signs are looking good, that's for sure. Uh, and, and we can't wait. We can't wait for the, uh, the Premier League to, to start again after the international break, obviously, at home to West Ham. Um, but, but sorry, absolute pleasure to, to speak to you today. Brilliant to have a little bit of inside information on Andros as well and your thoughts on, on his start and I really appreciate you you sharing your your personal story of Goodison Park as well. Absolute pleasure, absolute pleasure, anytime.
Welcome back to the second part of this week's Unholy Trinity podcast. You've just heard, uh, heard the interview with, with Trey Townsend discussing Anzos since he's, he's moved to the club. Um, and it, it's, it was great, wasn't it, to, to listen to, to what he had to say about since Andros has come in, you know, how he's how he's taken the likes of Anthony Gordon and, and Tom Davis under his wing. Um and and how much he's he's enjoying he's enjoying playing for the club and the manager, who obviously he's got experience of. Um but also Lee, it was great to hear, hear from Troy in terms of the, the passion that he's shown for the club because he refers to we all the time, doesn't he, when he's speaking about Everton. He's always saying about we. Um he's fully embraced himself into the club. And and we we will all obviously vouch for the fact that that's what Everton Everton tends to do to you, doesn't it? Yeah, I think we've converted a Spurs fan into an Everton fan now, hasn't he? Um, he did use we a lot, which uh, even sort of picked that up himself, didn't he? As you can tell from the interview. But um, yeah, really interesting to get an insight from him um, in terms of how his how his own son is settled into the club. Um, and like I said to you, I mean, you can see you know how well uh, Troy speaks, and that's reflected in his son, isn't it? Um, really is. I thought one of the, I think one of the reasons, and Pete, you'll agree with this. One of the reasons I think Townsend has sort of endeared himself to as 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 a player. Obviously, no doubt. Obviously, the goals and 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 you know how he's performed on the pitch, but the way he speaks off the pitch as well. Um, he's a credit to his father, and he comes across really well. I, I always find his interviews quite honest. Um, I don't know what you think, Pete. I think I, I feel slightly embarrassed in a way because when we first made the, the Townsend signing and we spoke about it on the pod, I was in the Everton camp of, you know, I'm not sure how, how well this will work out. And, you know, is he coming toward the end of his career? How much has he got left? Are we just sort of like re- replicating another, you know, signing of a, a Theo Walcott or Aaron Lennon? And he's been a revelation, hasn't he? I think he's surprised a lot of Evertonians, but I think probably a lot of people outside the club as well. Um, who maybe question the move. He's, you know, nine out of 10, 10 out of 10 performances, arguably every, every appearance he's put in for us so far. He's uh, he's making assists and scoring goals that are winning games. He, you know, he works hard defensively. He's defensively aware. He's smart. He's intelligent. You can just tell he's a real experienced pro. He's a really top pro, isn't he? And um, I feel pleased for him in a way that maybe, you know, had he left Palace and gone somewhere else, arguably you might not have got this out of him and he might not have, um, you know, had this experience toward the end of his career. So, yeah, long may it continue. Yeah, I think he's, I think he'll definitely, well, it's only early doors, so let, let's caveat that, but I think he'll definitely fall into the Gareth Barry category towards the end of your career, not the Fabian Delph, do you know what I mean? Um so yeah, I, 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 he looks a real pro. He looks a real pro, and, and obviously uh, his dad referred to that. He likes to keep himself fit, likes to keep himself healthy. He's clearly having a, an effect on some of the younger lads uh, that you referred to there, Mike Siffy, Anthony Gordon, who plays in a similar position to him. Um, and I've noticed it with Gordon as well, actually, uh, in the last couple of games he's played. You know, so if you throw him in at Old Trafford, um, I think he was defensively a lot more aware. Yeah, I noticed it when he came on in the game uh, the other day as well when we played at home and, and, and it's exactly the same as well. Um, he, he really, he, he, sort of the Norwich game, he, he came on, he only came on for a cameo, but he, again, he was more defensively aware than I've seen him before. Obviously, that helps, I think, with Rafa, obviously, you know, being obviously a tactician and things like that. But you could see it was quite a mature performance from Gordon at Old Trafford. Um, I said to you, didn't I, for, for me, that was Anthony Gordon's best performance in an Everton shirt. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly, exactly that. Um, and I, I'd, I'd agree with that. But no, Andros has been fantastic. Really has. And you know, long may it continue. Hopefully, he stays fit. He's pretty much played nearly every minute since he's been here as well. So credit to his fitness there and the shape he's in. But he's shown real quality, real quality uh, down that side. And um, you know, long, long, long may it continue. And if he can get to double figures for the season, um, which let's be fair, I mean, the way he started the season, it won't be that far off. Um, I think he can achieve that if he stays fit. Yeah, it was, it's interesting because I read the about um, uh, Andros in terms of his career and before we, we obviously spoke to spoke to Trillian. I think back to when he, he made his England debut and he was he was explosive, wasn't he? He had that real that real acceleration. And he says himself he suffered a few uh, a few injuries um which impacted his that that burst of pace. So what he had to do is and and since really he was at Crystal Palace to be honest with you he mentioned obviously he became more more defensive and and potentially you know he was playing a bit more of a he was playing a lot further back maybe in line with the sort of wing back role to be perfectly honest he'd say he's quite he's so happy to be playing in a <clears throat> in a team where he's asked to play further forward at the moment but he had to change his game so he couldn't be this this player who's got this pure pace and acceleration as much as he has still got that a turn of pace and he's now he thinks about his game a lot more and whether that's being obviously better defensively whether that's just picking up uh, positions and, and being a bit more clever about where he where he is he is um positioning himself that shows you what kind of, of football he is and the fact that he thinks about it he's intelligent and the fact that he has been able to adapt his game when one of his main his main attributes was was almost taken away from him because of because of injury. Um, so it was great. It was just great to get that that insight from from someone who's who's so close, who's so close to him. Um, and you know, like we've all said, he's he's come in, he's 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 hit the ground running. He's he's proven a lot of us a lot of us wrong. Who who certainly weren't blown away by by the transfer. Um, but it's about time we probably learn to our lesson. It's not always about what you do spend on players. Um, you know, any player, whatever the uh, the transfer fee can have an have an impact. And, you know, he's he's a prime example of um of that. Um but obviously now we're international break nearly nearly over, thank God. Um we've already suffered one injury in, in Luca Dean, who's come back. He's like you said, Pete, similar injury to yourself. So we're probably talking two or three, two or three weeks without Luca Dean. I would say. Um, so we're going to go into the West Ham game without him. Jordan Pickford obviously rested for the for the game against Andorra for England, which was I think the manager uh, he actually specified. He said to, to the England camp, listen, you know, use him sparingly because he's had had a shoulder injury. So hopefully, you know, the uh, the rest of our players are going to return to Finch Farm and be fit because Sunday's a big game, isn't it, Pete? You know, West Ham started the season pretty well, currently sitting sitting ninth. Had a, had a very good season last season. We, we've seen what David Moyes has, has done with that side. Now he's been given a bit of time. Um, so Goodison Park Sunday Sunday afternoon. It, I think it's going to be a really really pivotal game in, in terms of the the early part of our season. Yeah, massive, massive, and I really I really fancy us. You know, I, I really really do. Especially if we get uh, Richardson Calvert Lewin back for the game. I just think that the squad has performed so well without them. I think, you know, initially when they were both missing from the team, I think we all feared the worst. And, you know, I'll, I'll openly say for that United game, I thought we were at risk of getting a pasting, especially when I saw the team sheet. 
Um, and it was such a composed, professional, organised performance. And for us to come away from that game and think, you know what, we should have won that. With that, with that team, I think is just testament to, you know, the, the players, the you know, the manager, the coaching staff, that they've done so much right. You know, it's a cliche, isn't it? We were talking football about earning the right to play, and I think now we've got a team that we sort of set out to do that. We're doing the basics really, really well. We're hard to beat. We've now got a system and a style again, and I think if you put Richarlison and Calvert Lewin back in that side. How much should it improve us? Um, think, and how much should it lift the players and the squad? So I'm really, really looking forward to the game. Um, and I, I was quite chuffed as well to see uh, Brentford getting a result against West Ham because, you know, hopefully that'll give them a little bit of a knock. And um, I'm hoping it'll be a really, challenge, a really big challenge for them to come to Goodison. Totally agree with that, Pete. I think one, one word I'd use at the minute, we look really well coached. And I think um, Rafa's got his hands on the team and can clearly see that we all knew what Rafa Benitez was before he came here. Um, you know, he, he's, he's obsessive about detail. He's obsessive about tactics. And you can clearly see that he's already had his, you know, got like I said, got his hands on that team. And, and, and we're starting to see uh, a well-coached side now. I don't think, you know, touch wood, obviously, uh, if players stay fit in that, I don't think we'll be out of many games this season. I think we'll be in a lot of games. Um, go on, what were you saying? Go on. For me, that's the, that's the difference as an Evertonian between being disappointed and being livid when you lose. Yeah. You know, if we would have lost that game against United, I think a lot of us would, would have been a bit disappointed. But you would have looked at the performance as a whole and so you, you know what, we did really well there with the, the team we put out. But so many times, particularly over the past two or three years, we've lost games where we've just not done the basics or we've been we've been turned over or we've looked really lost. And I think that's when you really get, you know, you back up or you really get the Everton fume, isn't it? Um, and I think now the really promising thing is we look like we've, for the first time, arguably, in, you know, three, four years, we've finally got a bit of stability in terms of the system. You know, we're... We're doing the essentials well, and hopefully that means if and when we do lose, and I'm sure you know it will come at some point, it it's not going to be a catastrophe. Um, you know, it's not it's not going to be a, a a crisis or an embarrassment. Totally. Well, even the it... Villa game. Sorry, Mike. Even the Villa game. Even the Villa game. You know, for me, the final score was three 0 obviously, but uh, after sixty minutes, that game could have gone either way easily. You know, Damari Gray puts one just wide of the post. The one before that, where Gray spun, uh, I think it was Concern. Concern was clearly pulled him back. You know that that, and he's in on goal there, and it's a red card. Do you know what I mean? Um, and and obviously that can change the game. So, you know, it's I, I don't think that we'll see uh, many games with that sort of score score margin this season. Uh, I, I really do. We looked the most coached we've been, even though it's very early doors since since sort of prime Moyes days, really, where we gave every single team a game. You know, very rarely would we get hammered under Moyes wasn't it and I, and I do think um, okay look we did get some batterings as well but you, you know what I'm saying I think um, you know with the team that Rafa's had as well having two absolute key players out two of our top goal scorers like you said Pete if they can come back okay they'll need a, a few games to get you know get up to speed but that will make a massive difference to us I think I think as well I mean you mentioned obviously since since Moyes days you, you know we're, we look we look fit we look we look competitive yeah um, if you look at that, I keep on watching the, the training videos and the club released one um, in the week. 
obviously there's there's only a select number of players there and no sign of of Calvert Lewin, the Charleston or Coleman with the first team just yet, but there's plenty plenty of time as we speak today for them to get back back involved. Um, but you always see the the players going round in groups of two or three, doing laps of the training pitch, and it seems really really basic, but basically, you know how many times did we see over the last you know two or three seasons where we looked absolutely knackered after sixty minutes? And, and that's where that's where we, we were losing games because the fitness just didn't seem to be there. One thing that we are is we're fit. And when you play a David Murray side, who, you know, we all know ourselves, they, they absolutely thrive on the, the, the basic level of fitness and they're in your face um, and they can go for 90 minutes. So playing that kind of side, this this is a real big test of of our of our side's fitness. Um, and, and I think that, you know the, the the real beauty of having a manager like Vinny says is the basics are done correctly, and it's again that it sounds really really simple, but I think sometimes you know even when we look back to to Martinez, that first season was fantastic, but he had a, he had the uh, overspill from the last Murray season fitness wise, and as then the Martinez um, ways came in, and you know we got a full pre season the season after we started to then I think decline fitness wise and since then we've never really been at that particular level and that's what Benitez has brought back in is he, he's a stickler for the basics like you say we're well coached and sometimes it's just simple things it's little tweaks but simple things like being able to play for 90 minutes is exactly the reason why I think we've started the season particularly well um, and we, we are going to be tested against against the David Moyes West Ham side in, in that particular department, um, but one player for them who who's certainly come on over the last couple of couple of seasons, I think we need to mention him, is Mikhail Antonio. You know, a player who's who's turned himself now into a, a number nine. He's big, he's strong. What what do we think, Peter, about about you know a player like like Antonio? What what are your thoughts on on the centre back pair? And obviously, our our hand could be forced with the Luca Dean injury. Uh, but do you think it's going to be a case of Yeri Mina trying to stick to, to Antonio? I mean, you might worry a little bit about Antonio's pace because, you know, arguably that's it, that's his greatest asset. And um, I, I do find it quite ironic that a lot of Evertonians would accuse David Moyes of ruining strikers um, or not getting the best out of them. And Antonio just seems to be a player that really fits with Moyes' system and Moyes' Uh, you know, really seems to be able to get the best out of him, and arguably, he's, well, well, not even arguably, he's clearly, um, you know, in the form of his life, um, he's got an unbelievable goal-scoring record now for West Ham, hasn't he? And he's isn't he the the top scorer now of uh, you know his, historically in the prep in the Premier League? Yeah. yeah. Um, for me, Godfrey Godfrey's had a difficult start to the season. Um, I think in in the appearances he, he has featured for us, yeah, he's been playing out of position. I think it's also well known that he, he's had a bit of a recovery from long COVID, so that's probably played, um, you know, a bit, a bit of a role in his performances. I think it would be a bit of a risk to put him in at centre half. I would worry about the pace with, with Keane and Mina together, um, but I, I think based on form. I think it would be the right pairing going into the game. Um, and hopefully, Alan would have a bit of a role as well, maybe sitting a little bit deeper than usual. 
Um, but yeah, no, it'll be, be an interesting contest. Well, Godfrey's going to have to be forced to play left back by the looks of it, isn't he? Unfortunately, with Dean being out. Um, I mean, Dean for me is a massive loss. I know he's had a lot of stick recently from fans. Um, that just shows you the level he's at for me because he's been that good for us for the last, well, ever since we signed him. Um, his numbers speak for themselves and, you know, maybe his level has dipped slightly this season, um, but that's still a high level. And, you know, um, clearly under Rafa as well, we're less reliant on his creative output, whereas you could say in previous seasons, you know, he's been our most creative player on the pitch with the amount of crosses he's put in, with the amount of assists he's got. Um, so Rafa's clearly getting him to think more about the defensive side of the game. But we will we will miss his creative outlet down that side because he is such a good player technically and he's got a lovely delivery on him. What what Godfrey will give us down that side is obviously stability. He'll probably be better one-on-one um, because obviously his recovery pace is outstanding. But we will lose a lot when we going forward down that side now. Um, but the advantage is, unlike previous seasons, we now have got obviously quick wingers that can play in that role. Um, whether that's Gray coming off that side, drifting inside, it's interesting what Townsend said the other day because he won goal of the month, didn't he, for the, uh, for the Burnley goal. And one of the things I picked up when he said he did a commentary of the goal, he said that's how the manager wants us to play when we're out wide wingers. He said he wants us to play basically in between the lines in the pockets, uh, almost like inverted wingers, he was saying. He wants us to get into those spaces in between the lines and get shots off and play passes. So um, that's clearly, I think, uh, a tactic from, from Rafa. So... Um, it won't be as penal as previous years because we will have, obviously, um, like I said, more than likely Gray or possibly Richarlison coming off that side and then Townsend off the other. But it'll be an interesting game. One thing I'll say about West Ham, I think Moyes has done a fantastic job and we've got to give him credit there. We have got to give him massive credit. His second spell at West Ham, he's done a fantastic job. They had a great finish the last season. Lingard produced to be, uh, approved to be sorry, an absolute uh, masterstroke uh, loan signing for them that pretty much dragged them over the line for Europe and they've done well in Europe as well um, they've won every game so far the games, the only games they've lost this season is a, is a very much last kick of the game against Brentford um, which was a close game and then obviously the United game um, again which could have gone either way because they missed the penalty didn't they in the, last, in the last minute but then obviously they beat United a few days later in the cup at Old Trafford so I'd say 11 v 11 um, uh, you know, our team stacked up against their first eleven. It's a close game, and it will prove to be a close game, I think. However, I will say that they have improved in terms of their squad depth, um, and purely because they've had to, obviously, because of because of the fact now they're in Europe. I think Zuma's proved to be a clever signing. I know we liked him at Everton. Uh, Vlasic bringing Vlasic in once he gets up to speed with that team will prove to be a good signing. They've got Ben Rama in there. They've got Lanzini in there. They've got Bowen in there. Um, you know they've got a multitude of uh, options really, and then you've got Socek as well, who's you know almost a Fellaini type signing, classic Moy signing, um, and Antonio, he's got a tune out of you know he's been very very good under Moy, so uh, it'd be a very interesting game. Um, I'm just hoping, to be honest, that we you know we can just nudge in front before the bench starts playing a part, because like I said, then I think their bench is is stronger than ours. But the funny thing is, when he when he played Brentford, he didn't make any substitutes, Moyes. Now, bear in mind, obviously, the, it was level for, for a fair amount of time. And you mentioned they had um, they got a strong bench, of course. You know, there's players that they can bring on and that can make it 
make a real difference. So, I mean, Jared Bowen scored with about, about 10 minutes ago. So, it's, you know, normally you'd think to try and win that game, you'd, you'd bring on, you know, the players, the players off the bench to try and, to try and get over the line. But he, he didn't do that much, which was, was a little bit, little bit strange, to be honest with you. But looking at their bench, you mentioned already, like of Vlasic, Lanzini, Yarmolenko, you know, he only scores once a season in the beer against us. Um, you know, you've got those those kind of players who who can make a difference. I mean, I, I look I look down down the rest and they, they don't frighten me. But we know what our squad our squad depth is like. But having Calvert Lewin, Richardson, and Coleman back for the game, Awobi seems to be training as well, which is he didn't go away with Nigeria. Um, so he he looks like he's going to be back in the squad. Uh, not seeing Andre Gomez just yet in the, in the training footage, but certainly you know four. Of the five injured players, you know, could could be back to to improve that that squad depth, which will which will really help. Um, but the likes of you know players who come in, Anthony Gordon deserves a spot in the squad. Of course, he does. You know, like we said, best best we've seen him against United, so he should be he should be in that uh, in the squad for the game. So it's all about players when they do come in, taking the chance. And the manager then has got to think about what changes he does make. But I think naturally, you know, we, if, if we've got a fit Dominic Calvert Lewin. Charleston and Seamus Coleman, they all come in to make that start 11 a, a lot stronger. Um, but great game. I think it's going to be a really, really exciting game, to be perfectly honest with you. I can see goals. I really can. If we're going to want to win the game, you know, I can't see West Ham setting up to be conservative, to be, to be honest, and, and trying to nick a point. I think they're going to want to win the game, which will make for a really entertaining, really entertaining football. But let's have our, our predictions for the game. Pete, what are we saying, West Ham? Saying two one blues, Cavalier and Brace. Lee. Straight to the point, Pete. Um yeah, I I'm gonna go two two. I'm gonna go two two. Um I think it'll be a closer game. I'd much rather be playing them like the following week because they'll have had to play in Europe as well. You know, to following a game straight into Europe obviously is a lot harder, isn't it, as we know. Um so you know, they'll have had two weeks breaks, so they'll be refreshed. Um, you know, so I think it'll be. I think it'll be a. I agree with you, Mike. I think it'll be a, a few goals. So I'm going to say two two. Yeah, and I'm. I say I'm saying goals. I'm saying three one Everton. Really, really positive going into this game. Players back. You know, quite a few players have been able to rest over the uh, international period and key players for us as well, which I think is really important. Like some of the the Mari Gray, who, who obviously hasn't hasn't gone anywhere for the international break. Obviously, Townsend um, and getting those other players back fit and, and ready. Ben Godfrey with obviously more more time under his belt. Um, so I think I think it's yeah. I think three one Everton. I think it's going to be a, a really really exciting game and and one one that I think if, if we win, it puts us in in a really good position and going into into Watford the following week. Um, but that's that's us for this week. Um, now I keep on every single week. I keep on trying to remind myself that I've got to say that when you listen to the podcast on, obviously, Apple, Spotify, whatever it might be, make sure, you obviously, you subscribe or follow. And, and if you can do, leave us leave us a rating as well, because it, it's it's important to us to, obviously, know how, how people are finding, finding the show. We get feedback on Twitter, of course, but it's good and it helps us out as well if we get some some feedback uh, across our uh, our podcast, podcast platforms. And we will be back post-West Ham um, to, to talk about that game. Uh, which hopefully, like we said, is, is stacked full of goals and entertaining. And also look ahead to the to the Watford game the following week. So we will catch you then.
the Unholy Trinity podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.